0: Hey everybody, welcome to Queer Icons, where we cover and discuss an important figure to the LGBTQ plus community, and give our thoughts on why they resonate with us in our queer communities. How are you doing this week, Nico? I'm
1: fantastic. I've been having actually a pretty good week, and I think it all stems from recharging my batteries last week at the Elderbrook concert that we went to, which was a little spur-of-the-moment decision. That happened like the night before, and yeah, we I gathered a nice little group.
0: <laughs> yeah, the and, husband messaged me and was like, <laughs> Can we go to that? I was Elderbrook, and I was like, Yeah, that's fine. I wasn't super busy when you first asked me about it. I was like, Oh, I don't because that was like I didn't it, really care that much. Mm-hmm. There was a reason, but then I'll let you cover your part and then I'll jump in.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, because it was, it was weeks ago, and then I completely forgot about it. Mostly because you also were iffy. I was like, okay, you know, we'll see. And then the, it was the evening before the concert. I was like, oh, that thing is still going on. There's still tickets. I'm going to do it. <laughs> and so glad that we did. It was phenomenal. For our listeners that are not familiar with Elderbrook, please go listen. And watch those videos because the videos are also amazing. Yeah, uh, it is electronic music. the The lyrical components and the messages are very powerful and impactful. Yeah, I've been caught twice already at my job listening to Elderbrook and dancing. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. So I've been I've been still riding that high from that concert. <laughs>
0: yeah, it was much better than I expected. Like mm-hmm. I said, I kind of you asked me about it, and I was like, okay, like. What I, I've never been to an EDM music mm. concert before. He does sing and stuff, but I just like okay, like I'm not sure what this
1: like how could this be entertaining I don't understand. Yeah, and then but he was working the stage and he, oh, was he was doing this like beautiful wailing that I was living for oof, it was, it was so good. <laughs> yeah, he ended up, like, just...
0: I, I mean, it ended up being way better than I expected. Mm-hmm. And we actually stood in a place that we were kind of on the second level. Yeah, um, we were in a, a little small balcony venue.
1: area. But and the bass just
0: vibrated your body in the right ways. Mm-hmm. It was like crazy. it wasn't in an annoying way. It was just so yeah. yes. Like the energy transference was was kind of crazy and I know I sound high right now but <laughs> like, <laughs> that's just how the music was. I was very pleasantly surprised. It was yes. way better than
1: I expected. Now, what about you? What other exciting things did you do this? We didn't week?
0: do a whole lot. We had my parents in town, so we went to that concert with you, but other than that, we were kind of hanging out with them. They made me watch March Madness, which I don't care anything about basketball of any sort. So is that a it's a M- college basketball tournament, okay, so it is a tournament so yeah, and it's like it decides the national champion every year. And so I remember I had to watch it as a kid, and I despised March every year. <laughs> but it's I probably like, the only time a year I did my homework. The,
1: <laughs> the only thing I do know about March Madness is how you narrow down people. That like when that diagram
0: was yes. being
1: done. Yeah. And the first time that I did that diagram was about like favorite divas. <laughs> And I just played that game with some friends. (laughs) And then I did it again with drag queens. So I did combine sports with something that actually I cared for. (laughs) And then we just did a little bit of yard
0: work and we are getting, we're actually getting a tree removed before it falls down this time. Yes. You have
1: had the worst of luck (laughs) with falling trees (laughs) in your
0: yard. Yes. And so we are going ahead and taking care of this one. It's it's been dead since before we purchased the property. And so we wanted to go ahead and get it done because it's close to a border on our property. And so I just didn't want it to cause damage to, to
1: like another property and all that kind of stuff. Are they taking away, like, the trunk and the branches and all that? They're removed completely? Or are you keeping it for, like, fire pit action?
0: No, they're going to, I'm going to remove this one. Like, okay. just let them take it. We have some, we still have some wood from our, that other tree that came down that right. was so huge. All right. So this time we're letting them take it away. Plus, it's been dead so long. I don't know if, I don't know if it'd be good or not. Or yeah. If it would burn too fast. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know anything about that stuff.
1: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> So Nico, what do we have for Queer as Fuck this week? I'm actually very excited about this segment because I've the the last couple of weeks have kind of struggled because I haven't been like on the news a lot. Just working. But this time around, the Oscars just happened. <laughs> and we're not gonna touch the subject of the twenty twenty-two. <laughs> Yes, unfortunately,
0: these these moments that you're about to speak about were overshadowed by Yes, and that's why another I wanted event.
1: to talk about them, because yes. they were, they were over overshadowed by some actions there. <laughs> but essentially, first and foremost, I want to speak about Ariana DeBose, who won Best Supporting Actress for portraying Anita in West Side Story, and that made her the first Afro-Latina and openly queer woman of color to win. I was tremendously
0: excited about her. And we do have to cover, that's only the second role, I believe, that has two more than one Academy Award. The
1: first being Joker. Oh, the Godfather also. Marlon Brando won, and so did...
0: And they oh, were the playing the same role.
1: They were playing the same role okay. in Godfather One and Two. Marlon Brando for One, and for Two it was I I Robert help. De Niro. Okay, Robert De Niro. I was like, like, I've never seen Godfather. I so, was, which I'm sure someone's going to be spacing punch me out around. on the name. But yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it, and then Anita with, and, and then Anita. Mm-hmm. Yes, and I like that Rita Moreno was also in the audience, and she was so supportive. And yes. I had been watching some of the interviews and like amazing chemistry. Now, personally, I did not watch the recent West Side Story. The first one was fine for me. I acknowledge its cultural significance and also the the problems that they did try and address in the in the remake. My issue with it is that it's based on Romeo and Juliet. Juliet, and I hate that play. I ha- I absolutely <laughs> hate that story. I if I know. Purpose, no point in it. It's just a beautiful so, love story. No, it's not. <laughs> you want a beautiful love story? Read mm. Macbeth. <laughs> Moving on. But no, that, that is my personal issue with it. Right. But yes, so my second favorite moment was Jessica Chastain winning for Best Actress for portraying the queer icon Tammy Faye Messner in The Eyes of Tammy Faye. And she was the one that I was rooting for, for this award. And I loved how she used her acceptance speech to support the LGBT community. Part of of her speech, she mentions that suicide is a leading cause of death in the United States. It's touched so many families. It's touched mine, and especially members of the LGBTQ community who oftentimes feel out of place with their peers. We're faced with discriminatory and bigoted legislation that is sweeping our country, with the only goal of further dividing us. In times like this, I think of Tammy, and I'm inspired by her radical acts of love. I'm inspired by her passion. I see it as a guiding principle that leads us forward, and it connects us all in the desire that we want to be accepted for who we are, accepted for who we love, and to live in a life without the fear of violence or terror. And I truly found this absolutely a beautiful speech. Usually, I'm a little bit on the fence for actors using, you know, the industry awards just as a podium for things. But when it's beautifully written and executed, And it it has such a a greater meaning because of the role that she won, because Tammy Faye was a queer icon, is a queer icon. Right. And I feel like she connected it very well.
0: And we just watched this the other week. She did a very good job. I mean, the only thing I would say about the movie is they kind of sugarcoated her role a little bit as far as Mm. in the scandals that happened with her family at large not not her participation with the lgbt community Mm -hmm. but just the other aspects of her life and i wish they had well when we made it a little grittier i don't know when we cover
1: tammy faye (laughs) we we, can cover it yes (laughs) we will definitely uh because it is on the list oh yes (laughs) as many many other icons but she's definitely coming up And then a couple other things. Also, Kristen Stewart nominated for Best Actress, and she is open about her sexuality. One of the hostesses was Wanda Sykes, also very open. She walked with her wife. Quinn Latifah and Niecy Nash attended the ceremony with their partners. And we got to see Elliot Page also looking very, very dapper on the stage and I I love that I I truly love that every year we are getting more and more visibility in these award shows for 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 better or for worse they, they can be quite problematic and there's a lot to talk against these shows but we do see how important it is for our community to be represented
0: definitely and and it seems like every year um, we are getting more. Roles in in the industry that are like meteor, mm-hmm. not just playing the fop. Oh, meteor Juicier. Yes,
1: yeah, juicier. I was thinking a <laughs> meteor that like from space. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so my
0: queer as fuck this week. I actually didn't really want to talk about this, but I really could not find much else going you on. You have in the been news. avoiding
1: consciously this for those. I have couple. because I really
0: like. I really don't want to make our. Podcast political. I mean, I know in certain aspects it is, but I'm trying to get away from it. Mm -hmm. But unfortunately, I just really
1: could not find any cute gay news this week to be fun about. And I understood how hard it is, because um, you have been one of the most political people I've ever met in my life. (laughs) Therefore, kudos to you for waiting so long. Right. (laughs) <laughs> but as we
0: know, Florida has a don't say gay bill. I'm not really going to get into what the bill says. Disney's response has been, I wouldn't say inspiring, but it, they have drawn a harder line than what they normally do with Florida politics when it comes to gay rights. And so that's good and that's positive. And they have a a president, I believe she's at 20th century her name is Carrie Burke and she mentioned on an all-hands all call that she has a trans child, a pansexual child and that that at least in her part of the organization that they are working towards more representation and that we will notice an uptick even by the end of this year as far as oh, that's representation good to know. on the project. Aware so of that that's, that covers yeah. yeah, TV and movies. I love so, them. yeah. So that's good. And I just had to have something. <laughs> <laughs> and that's queer as fuck. We do crave y'all's feedback when, um, and suggestions. You can find us on Instagram with Queer Icons Podcast. And you can also email us at Queer Icons Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, don't forget to look us up. Follow us up. Follow us and get that extra content that we are trying to put out.
1: Yes. Now, what was your knowledge of Queen Latifah before (laughs) our research for this podcast?
0: So, her being, you know, a current celebrity, and she's been a celebrity almost my entire life, since I was about, like, six to ten years old, somewhere Mm -hmm. in there is where she kind of entered the public eye. I've just been living with her my whole life, I guess, and I grew up with her on, on television, on Living Single, and my family didn't watch it too much, but I do remember I got into... That show kind of late in my high school and my college years in my twenties. I would watch reruns when I caught it on, and it was funny. Mm-hmm. And she played a good role in there. That's good. And I do remember they had some love stories with her, like, but it wasn't so focused. But like her character wasn't so focused on yeah. the.
1: I never uh, watched the show. I don't think it was showing in Greece, but wasn't it also very Career centric. It
0: was, yeah, yeah. But the other characters did have more of kind of love love stories going on. Mm-mm. Um, and it was kind of like friends, you know, like Phoebe never had really a love story until the very
1: end of the show. Yeah, true, <laughs> you know, true. kind of something like that. And she had the most enjoyable love story out of them all. Uh, I yes, think. of course. <laughs> <laughs> And then
0: in my twenties, she was in like two of my favorite movies slash musicals as matron Mama Morton in Chicago and Motor Mouth Mabel in Hairspray, and like has huh. two of my favorite songs from musicals with you know if you're good to Mama, mm-hmm. she'll be good to you. That's one of the most fun musicals of like musical numbers of all time. And then her big blonde and beautiful number that she.
1: I always find that so much fun. What about you? What did you know about her? I mean, I have been a fan of her since childhood. Right. I wasn't very familiar with her 90s uh, hip-hop music. Listening back to it for the research purposes of the podcast, I realized, oh, I actually did know some of her songs. But then it wasn't until Set It Off that I realized that she was a performer, and, you know, someone to look into other entertainment fields as well. And then, of course, Chicago was one of my favorite musicals ever. It's probably top three. For me, I can recite the entire musical (laughs) and all the singing numbers. And she she was exceptional. She was absolutely exceptional. She was very good. So that, I, like, fell in love with her.
0: And I'm a bad guy, because the only musicals I know are the ones that have been made into movies, basically. Mm -hmm. Because I've just never had a chance to really go to New York and
1: view some plays on Broadway. Mm -hmm. I did see, as a teenager, the touring company of Chicago, and it was just life-changing. Right. Just having (laughs) read the play first, and then seeing it performed live, and oh, so good. But yeah, that was, I guess, uh, my my first experiences with Queen Latifah, and and then you know continuing onwards, just in, incredible performances all around.
0: Oh, definitely. But... And if you haven't guys figured it out, we are covering Queen Latifah this week. I guess we <laughs> forgot to announce that, but <laughs> I'm sure it's been obvious. We did. We didn't announce oh. it. Oh, <laughs> I don't <laughs> think I realized. I forgot too.
1: So. It's... <laughs> Yes, you're listening to the 22nd episode about Queen Latifah. Queen Latifah. (laughs) So give us some background. Yeah, so Queen Latifah was born Dana Elaine Owens on March 18th, 1970 in Newark, New Jersey. And then when she was about eight years old, she found her nickname Latifah, um, which means delicate and sensitive in Arabic in a Muslim book. So she adopted it.
0: Well, and her her cousin actually started using that as a nickname for her, so I'm mm-hmm. guessing that they found that together in a Muslim book um probably, and then the cousin no. started calling her that, and then she adopted it
1: like mm-hmm. as her nickname in general and from like her upbringing, she was very much like good tomboy, she was very outspoken. Apparently love to torture her brother. <laughs> <laughs> what? Siblings? <laughs> siblings torture each other? <laughs> yes. But then her first public uh, performance was actually singing home as Dorothy and the Wiz in grammar school. And it was evident she was to go down the entertainment path. In high school, she continued informal singing and created a rap group named Ladies Fresh. She also joined a group of MCs and DJs called Flavor Unit. And they would hang out and record in a basement. So we do see like more like humble, very normal upbringing. And then her talent got the attention of Tommy Boy Music. And she was signed and in 1989 released her very first single, The Wrath of My Madness. The track had a positive response, enabling Latifah to launch a European tour and to perform at Harlem's Apollo Theater. The next year... She released her first album, All Hail the Queen, which went on to sell more than 1 million copies. In 91, she released Nature of a Sister, featuring the singles Fly Girl, How Do I Love Thee, and Latifah's Had It Up To Here. Latifah also organized and became Chief Executive Officer of the Flavor Unit Records and Management Company.
0: And this, like that company, she was able to sign Naughty by Nature, which was like one of the biggest hip hop like artists mm-hmm. of that time. So, like she had some drive there. She had some and drive. Like, she had a, like, great, great business, business savvy yeah. and know
1: how. And and we do see that throughout her career. She wasn't just in charge of the creative aspects, but it also involved in producing and business. Uh, as well, and that really has helped her to become the success and achieve all this mainstream know how right.
0: now. And that's one of the things I didn't realize she was a producer before. Kind of our research,
1: I just knew her public eye. It's one of those little fascinating right. things that we we learn and we discover while while we do a research for this. Now, on a more somber note, her older brother Lance was killed in '92 while riding a motorcycle that she had gifted him. And that really was a life-changing experience for her. It led to depression and drug abuse, which she did later recover from, but she almost made like a 180 turn. And the following year, she recorded this jazz and reggae-influenced album titled Black Rain, which she did dedicate to her brother. And apparently, because she was so much in her feelings and in mourning, the other producers kind of let her do her own thing. To major success, her single "Unity" earned uh, Latifah her first Grammy award, and, then... and I think
0: it was the first female hip hop Grammy award.
1: No, oh, I oh. didn't know that. I think what? so. I think that's what I read. Mm. <laughs> then the following um, album was "Order in the Court." I do like how she plays a lot with her name of like being the queen. There's so much like you can do with that and have kind of, like fun, and that was in '98. Now, her songs did cover topics including domestic violence, harassment on the streets, relationship problems, and what it tr- truly feels to be a black woman. She notab- she notably did not sexualize herself but presented a confident, intelligent, and really strong female persona throughout her like music career and she used a lot of afrocentric attire during public appearances and music videos which did become her trademark. And I truly think that is kind of like my first when I do think of like early Queen Latifah, this is kind of the attire and the image that I do have in mind of her. Definitely like the very colorful. Now in 97, she did perform at the Super Bowl halftime show making her the first rapper to do so. We do find a lot of milestones in her career which only showcases how much the general public loved her and was craving to see her. So she was becoming, like, in great demand. Definitely. Now, she did branch out from hip-hop and showed her range as a singer with the Dana Owens album in 2004, which earned a Grammy nomination for Best Jazz Vocal Album. If you haven't listened to that album, it is amazing. I remember when it came out. I listened to that album. Because I love me some jazz standards. (laughs) Yes, So good. (laughs) Traveling Light in 2007 earned her a Grammy for Instrumental Arrangement and was nominated for Best Traditional Pop Vocal Album. And Latifah then returned to her rap roots mixed with some singing with uh, Persona in 2009. And
0: before we like close out her music career, because I know you're about to move into her acting career, I found a list on NPR of like the top 100 female albums, and they ranked her All Hail the Queen, number 33, on, on their top mm-hmm. 100 female albums, which I thought was impressive.
1: Yes, her music, because it was so different than the other hip-hop or... Rap artists, what they were producing, especially, she was one of the few female rap artists that re- achieved such a claim. It truly, it's achieving those pinnacles and being so different, where different is good, definitely. And
0: and I noticed she did not use cuss words a whole lot. Kind mm-hmm. of took like the Will Smith route on that. Although she did cover more hard hitting issues. Issues, yeah. yes.
1: Yeah, I think it, it wasn't until her album, was it Oahill No Order in the Court, that it was a mm-hmm. first parental advisory, I think. Okay. But don't quote me on that. <laughs> <laughs> you can Google I'm it. i have got to put it out there on the world. <laughs> <laughs> well, as we're having our conversation, I'm trying right. to remember things from the research that yes. <laughs> that uh-huh. I didn't really take all my notes on. <laughs> Oh, yes. (laughs) Now, her acting career did begin quite early as well, in 91. And what a debut in Spike Lee's movie Jungle Fever. I did watch her scene where she plays a a waitress. It was lovely. You can really see (laughs) how holds her own. Yeah. Uh, And uh, then she also guest starred in The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, which, I remember
0: her guest starring on that. And, like, she was hilarious. It was funny. Mm-hmm.
1: We we have seen, like, from the very beginning, her comedic chops. Right. Truly. And she's she's one of these actors that is so charismatic. And, and I think, and obviously that's why they gave her her own, like, TV sitcom, which was quite successful. From 93 to 98, 98, Living yeah. Single. And just, she has this attractive... I don't know. Maybe it, her personality is just so uh, engaging. Yeah, I feel at least that in like, and you see that in so many <laughs> of her movies, definitely and TV. Now, in '96, she played a lesbian bank robber named Cleo and Set It Off, which was the first movie I remember ever crying as a kid during her death scene. Spoiler alert for those who have not watched <laughs> this movie. Please, do watch this movie. Oh, was definitely worth a watch. It is incredible, and I remember it like it was yesterday, because it was at our summer home, it was during like a vacation, it was on TV late at night, and I was just watching it with one, with my mom, and I was so hooked on that movie, and their stories, and disturbed, and upset, and she was my favorite character. And uh, yeah, in the end, I mean, you can just, if you don't want to watch the entire movie, just go on YouTube to watch, like, her ending. Heartbreaking. Mm-hmm. Like, her acting in this was remarkable. I did not cry watching The Lion King, but I <laughs> cried watching this movie. Just putting it out there. <laughs> now, she continued her rise in the Hollywood industry with movies like The Sphere. Living Out Loud, and The Bone Collector, which led her to portraying Big Mama Morton in Rob Marshall's 2003 Chicago. Now, this role nominated her for an Academy Award for Best Supporting Actress. She did lose to her co-star, Catherine Zeta-Jones, but she did also become the very first female hip-hop recording artist to get nominated for an Oscar.
0: Which is impressive. A very and,
1: impressive. Yes.
0: And this was during time I think it was kind of soon after Moulin Rouge and I feel like Moulin Rouge kind of
1: like ushered in the new like musical era mm-hmm. of like movies. They, they realized that musicals can <laughs> make start money. being successful again. And they started <laughs> making more like quality work. And right. Chicago was one of them. Yeah. Uh, I feel like
0: around this time is also when like companies realized gay people have money
1: and disposable <laughs>
0: income. And there started to be well, a little it, bit more tailoring
1: towards. These movies were quite mainstream. It oh wasn't, yes, they like, were. <laughs> gay's made them. Like <laughs> the gays maybe created the cult following behind right. those films. <laughs> yes. No, I remember Hairspray, which we will talk about
0: in a minute. Like they had a booth at Pride. Okay, they H- did? yeah. Oh.
1: So I mean, that also makes sense. <laughs> it is right. Uh, based on John Waters film. Yeah. It is a gay classic. Yeah. Now, from 1999 to 2001, she did host her own daytime TV show called The Queen Latifah Show which she also later revamped from 2013 to 2015.
0: Now, I remember the 2013 to 2015 one. I never watched it, but I also never watched the original, so I know nothing about this. I mean, other than it happened. (laughs) I
1: have to say that during the research, I spent too much time watching her with guests and interacting rather than getting information about (laughs) the, (laughs) the actual show, and I was cracking up. Along with her, especially the Wanda Sykes guest segment, right? Because I was like, oh, she was just hosting the Oscars. I don't know. She was in my mind.
0: Wanda Sykes is another hilarious. one. So hilarious, hilarious,
1: and that just like the way they have good chemistry together, yes. the way that they were interacting, and I was just loving it. So this is what I have to say about her, <laughs> <laughs> about that talk show, <laughs> the talk show. Now, of course, we we did see a meteoric rise in the two in the two thousands. She became a box office magnet. She started in so many films, showcasing her charisma, So just Bringing Down the House, which was—I mean—that was, I mean, that was, that was so like funny. one of the funniest movies. I felt like so funny, and she was against an like an acting and comedic yeah. giant of like Steve Martin, right?
0: And them together were like so Amazing hilarious. They had chemistry. great chemistry.
1: Yeah, yes. It also had Betty White. It did, and Joan Plowright little cameo. Yes. <laughs> Now then, Stranger Than Fiction, an incredible movie with Emma Thompson, and then Scary Movie Three, which is my favorite scary movie, <laughs> I have to say. And Queen Latifah just like steals like the scene. Oh yeah, well
0: I Excellent. love that she's like willing to do something like Scary Movie Three yes. when she's having all this other success. Because most actors would be like, "Oh it's, no, this is
1: beneath me." Or it's something. it's a spoof. It's it is. it's silly, but you know what? If you do it well. Like, you know, it it just becomes, I don't know, she was just so funny. (laughs) and I remember her scene, so. And then
0: Last Holiday. So now this, I have a hot take on, because I feel like this is an underrated film. I don't Mm -hmm. feel like people appreciate this one enough. It's one of my favorites. Just, I mean, partly because it is kind of a light film, so it's really easy to watch. She's with LL Cool J Mm -hmm. as the love interest. Um, And it's pretty funny, but... It actually inspired me when eating out at restaurants to, like, not request changes being made. Because there's a scene, it's one of the things in the movie, where the chef at this really fancy hotel appreciates her. Because she's spending her last, like, money to go have this last holiday because she thinks she's dying. (laughs) And he appreciates her because she never requests changes. She wants to experience the food the way this, like, Michelin star chef. Mm -hmm. you know, wants to make it and he appreciates it because everybody else is like, no carbs and (laughs) leave the sauce on the side and all this kind of stuff. But it inspired me because I was like, you know what? That's right. And so when I go to restaurants now, I really try not to
1: ask for any substitutions. I mean, having worked in fine dining for many years, I have to tell you, the chef has composed the dish that way for a reason. Mm -hmm. So bearing like dietary restrictions and like actual allergies... Mm -hmm. Yes. Do not alter a dish; you will be disappointed. Mm-hmm. Yes, and that also goes with mixology. Do not alter a cocktail; you will be disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> this was my my little stand. I never stand. alter a cocktail. <laughs> <laughs> Then uh, she did follow uh, that with Hairspray, which you already mentioned. You were like a big fan of her role. Yes. Uh, The Secret Life of Bees. She joined the Ice Age franchise, one of the biggest uh, animated movie franchises ever. And all these are like but few examples of how Queen Latifah transformed herself to become a household name. And she continued her business ventures by being a spokesperson for CoverGirl Cosmetics and thus entered yet another industry now in 06, she became the first hip-hop artist to receive a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Again, a lot of firsts, a lot of <laughs> milestones. In 11, she received an honorary doctorate degree in Humane Letters from Delaware State University. And in 18, she received an honorary doctor of fine arts by Rutgers University. So... A lot of acknowledgement, good, rightfully so. Right. I feel like this is a Queen Latifah stan podcast (laughs) rather than just doing... (laughs) Good! That's what it's supposed to be. (laughs) Oh, the next part. I do actually remember seeing this on TV. In 2014, she officiated the weddings of 33 same-sex and opposite-sex couples during a performance of Same Love by Macklemore at the 56th Annual Grammy Awards. Did you did you did you watch the ceremony? I did not. Yeah, it was. I was like, "What? What's going on? What's going on?" And I was like, "Oh my god, this is for real!" And yeah, and I do remember that she was the officiant, and I loved it. Now, in 2015, Queen Latifah was an executive producer and starred as Bessie Smith, which is a gay icon we already covered, and the HBO biopic Bessie. This film gave her the Emmy for Best Television Movie and a nomination for Outstanding Lead Actress in a Limited Series or Movie. She was also nominated for a Golden Globe and won the Screen Actors Guild Award for her performance. I have to say like her embodiment of Bessie Smith was incredible. Yeah, it was so good. You usually like especially with the movies so far that we've talked about she has really solidified herself as a very likable, charismatic, comedic actress in most right. of her roles. Mm-hmm. And that brought me back in that rawness and her dramatic chops from like Set It Off. Completely different characters, truly. But it. you could really see like her talent and she was like I'm going to show it off and everyone's going to shut up about it cuz like I'm Bessie Smith uh,
0: and I love that like she's she's using her um, power to bring you know attention to another queer artist from so long ago.
1: Yes. So no, absolutely. It was incredible. And now of course she has continued being active on TV and films. Such as joyful no- noise with Dolly Parton and Girls Trip, which is really funny. People
0: that is one should... I have not seen. I want to see it, and I, I just for some reason I always yeah. forget about it. I need to go home and look up what, what it's, streaming I th- service I think it's, it's on.
1: A good like date night movie. I watched <laughs> right. it with friends, and we were cackling the entire time. It was funny. <laughs> it's uh, it's a you know it's it's about friendship. And vacation and fun and shenanigans that happen and all that. But, of course, incredible casting. More recently, in 2021, she received the BET Lifetime Achievement Award. Now, She used her speech not only to thank everyone who contributed and helped her in her career, but also to acknowledge her partner, Ebony Nichols, and their son, Rebel, for the first time in public, concluding her speech with happy pride. And I remember we did cover that last year during one of our shows. We We
0: did. I remember us talking about it.
1: We were very, very excited about it. I'm glad that we kind of have come full circle that we're actually covering her now. Yes. I actually mentioned that later, so. (laughs) 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 We can go (laughs)
0: But she has recently, she was recently in a Netflix miniseries called Hollywood, which has a lot of queer storylines and stars fellow gay icon Patti LuPone. Mm-hmm. And she was also in the most recent season of The Equalizer, which I think may have been canceled at this point. I'm not sure. So I don't know anything about that show. So shrug.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I like how you mention shrug. <laughs> But yeah, no, I do remember in Hollywood she played Hattie McDaniel. Yeah. Yes. yes, that was that was a really good. It's series. good and fun. Yeah, I really liked it. Yeah, and of course, Patti Lupone was in it. So yes. right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> and now, circling back to actually her coming out in the BET Awards, she had said in the past that I don't have a problem discussing the topic of somebody being gay, but I do have a problem discussing my personal life. I don't care if people think I'm gay or not. Assume whatever you want. You do it anyway. And we do see that, you know, she's been in the public spotlight for decades now. And she has been able to keep her romantic life as private as possible. And yes, there were rumors. I do remember the rumors Yes, I do too. But her explicitly finally, like, coming out in 2021 in that beautiful speech. Absolutely, you know it kind of solidifies how visibility and representation does matter. And I'm glad that she is now in her 50s, living like a little living bit more open, open. Yeah,
0: and free, hopefully.
1: Way. Yes.
0: You know, not worrying about if her girlfriend is seen on her arm going out to dinner or something, mm-hmm. ending up in the tabloids. Yes. <laughs> and I do kind of love this this attitude that comes from that statement, which is you know you're going to talk about me anyway and so like it doesn't matter which i feel like every gay person kind of has that moment before they come out where they like start getting they start getting more comfortable with it themselves which is what i describe as like my senior year in high school so yeah i think it's very relatable to like the gay experience
1: and no one can really force someone's coming out right whether they are a celebrity a famous person i a... A powerful person, a wealthy person, or not—like it's their own journey, right? Um, They—it definitely comes with like some comforts, having money and being able to keep your life private, but also notoriety or fame can make it even more challenging. Definitely. So, I guess well, because then
0: double... you you have—I mean, especially if you're if your career involves being in the public eye. Mm-hmm. There comes a time where you can lose that career. So you're losing your yes, your livelihood. So it's understandable. Mm-hmm. Now, she being a female artist of multiple genres, was there any other female artists that you have followed their career and that like hold
1: importance to you? I could think of like a few. One that we'd like to talk about today has been Pink. Her vocal versatility and prowess being able to cover many genres, starting with R&B at the beginning of her career, and then venturing to a more rock and pop sound. But what is truly more important for me is her song subjects and themes that resonate so much, since they don't always focus on romantic love songs, but on empowerment, partying, social issues, and struggles of just being an adult and a human being. And I like that she also uses her humor to address difficult topics. And I'm always excited to see her new material and performances because I know she will have a very different take than a lot of um, other mainstream artists that have achieved the same or similar level of success that she has.
0: Right. Her, Her performances are always so creative. She never really comes at it from... The standard standpoint of just a dance. Like she was one of the first ones to introduce acrobatics. Yeah, she was like her performance. An right. And, and like saying that song the whole time. I remember glitter like, in the air. Yes.
1: <laughs> I think I cried during that performance too. Oh my god! You know what? And and a lot of my girlfriends have accused me that I don't cry and I'm not emotional. And I've already <laughs> stated mentioned it, in it this like three times.
0: <laughs> yeah, she is really good. I approve. (laughs) (laughs) I'm glad that
1: I have your approval, Matthew.
0: (laughs) Now, what about you? So, you actually mentioned that you were surprised I did not do another artist for this one, but (laughs) I have gotten to, I'm not going to mention who it is, but I have, like, gotten into their social media a little bit, and I feel they are fake. (laughs) No. No. And so I'm going through kind of a breakup with them. (laughs) I still appreciate a lot of their music, but Mm -hmm. it's okay. (laughs) For this artist, I jumped on the bandwagon probably halfway through their career at this point. And it is Kylie Minogue. Her music is always like so fun and catchy. And I still to this day get Can't Get You Out of My Head in my head like once a week. And it's 20 years later. Something comes up, and for some reason, that song just like jumps in my head. Um, and that song actually can't get you out of my head is the first song that I ever saw performed by a drag queen. So it has like relevance to my,
1: you know, Are early. You sure it wasn't Kylie herself? I, I am positive. Okay. Because she notoriously <laughs> lost a drag queen competition that she participated in. When they were her and Dolly both, I guess because Dolly had the same. She was being impersonated, so she joined the lineup (laughs) of Kylie Minogue's, and she did not win. (laughs) Yes. (laughs)
0: Well, that's partly because. Part of winning those competitions is exaggerating the right things Mm -hmm. of the artist to make it kind of...
1: She was too real. Yeah.
0: (laughs) So if you don't exaggerate anything about yourself, then you're not going to win. And I think Dolly ran into the same issue. Oh, I can just go up there and be Dolly Parton. No. (laughs) You have to be Dolly Parton Plus. (laughs)
1: Plus.
0: (laughs) Um, But, yeah. Just so it has, she just has a lot of ties to my early like coming out and developing my kind of queer identity. And if I'm ever down on energy, I throw on speakerphone from her album X, just like so much energy and has the right amount of bass and everything. I love it. And last year, I actually went through and listened to Kylie's entire catalog because I was bored one week. I think I mentioned it on the podcast, actually. I think you did.
1: <laughs> and you at, definitely told me about yeah. it. Like.
0: <laughs> and at the end of the year, I ended up being in the top 0.5% of her listeners, according to Spotify. <laughs> so I did not she know was Yeah, point. she was my top artist of the year last year. <laughs> Let me say
1: She was definitely in my top list, top 10, as well. I'm also a huge Kylie fan. Yeah. Just when it comes to dance acts, she really makes... It's infectious, really. Yeah. When it makes you want to dance, like so, so much. So yes. yes, I love it.
0: So, what was our favorite thing that we learned about the icon this
1: week? Hmm. <laughs> I think my favorite thing was how she overcame, as much as one can, really the the trauma. Of losing such a beloved person in their life. And that was like the loss of her brother. And the guilt that could potentially come with it. That she was the one that gifted him the motorcycle. And then essentially. Persevering. Overcoming those difficulties. And. Achieving tremendous success. In her career. In multiple industries. Within the entertainment field. And. Uh then seeing someone that definitely seems to be like living a far like healthier life now perhaps accepting themselves more right. or accepting the fact that they can live in the public eye truly for who they are with their family definitely so i think that is my takeaway my, that is, that is truly my my takeaway my my new think is i was already pretty familiar with her right career especially movie and tv so as a fan so that would be it
0: (laughs) (laughs) for me i didn't learn this week and i know we've already um touched on it but we're only 22 episodes in and we're already seeing overlap in our queer icons with her having played bessie smith and starring in a remake of a john waters film that originally starred divine so there's just a lot of connections in the queer community, and I, I just it. I think we're just going to continue to see this overlap,
1: and I hope it brings more conversation. I love mm-hmm. it. I'm sure we will reference this episode uh, when we do Tammy Faye or oh, Dolly of Parton. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but the favorite thing I learned is that she was a producer and started her own record label very early in her music career. Yes, like it didn't take her long good. at all. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Again, she was able to, like I said, sign one of the biggest hip-hop groups of that time, Naughty by Nature. It's just a great example of like her drive and her knowledge
1: and her business prowess. So, I just love it. For well, sure. What do you think she resonates within the queer community? So, just
0: kind of being herself, I guess. She becomes more of a role model by the life she has and her acting choices of late, especially playing Bessie and Cleo and even starring in gay love musicals like Chicago and Hairspray. And she's living her life more authentically in the public eye, at least. You know, she officiated these weddings and she brings attention to queer artists at times. And just really, I think it's a situation of like we're drawn to our own. So even in her early career, before yeah. like before she came out, we were all loving her already. That
1: that has crossed my mind when I do feel a sort of a certain level of uh, like affinity affinity towards mm-hmm. artists, whether they are in the music industry or the film industry, and I'm like, they have that little something, the Zinashigwa, you know that that it yes. And it's just draws then, us in. Yes, and then when they come out, or you know, they're big allies. You're like, ah, oh, now would that have, that have been it? <laughs> right, <Is> that it? <laughs> is that the it?
0: Is that it? So, before I allow you to close the podcast, we do have an announcement to make, which is it's not. It's, 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 we are doing kind of a new model of our podcast, which is we're doing like four or five episodes in a group. And then we're going to take a few weeks off and then do another four or five episodes. And so we have reached the end of this grouping. Mm -hmm. We're going to take probably a four week ish break and we'll make an announcement on our Instagram on kind of when we're going to be coming back. But it won't be that long while we decide what we want, what grouping we want to cover next.
1: That's fantastic. I'm actually really liking this format and kind of grouping them together.
0: Yeah, I was realizing it kind of, it was dragging on me to have to do research every week. And like, because we both have full-time jobs, like it's a lot to do this plus a full-time job. Mm -hmm. And like, eventually you get, I think that's part of the reason we kind of got behind. And um, so hopefully this will help keep us on track and more energized about doing the research Mm -hmm. and everything.
1: Yes. And also, I like lists and organizing (laughs) things. (laughs) So I was like, oh, yes, more groupings of people. Yeah. (laughs) So, yes, we do have several ideas about what the next grouping could possibly be. So we're going to take, you know, a few weeks now to decide and narrow down our subjects. Exactly. Sure. Thank you for listening.